the third window from the right two flights up by the third window from the right the third hello and welcome to episode 24 of the third window films podcast my name is ben and with me is adam from third window films and this podcast is a celebration of all things Third Window Films from the perspective of the fan, being me, and the man himself, being Adam Terrell. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> yeah, we're back. So obviously we had like a two or three month hiatus, but we're back two weeks later this time, which is lush. Yes, and then we'll probably forget to do it for a few months again. Nah, no, no. No more, my friend. I'm on it. <laughs> I'm all over it. All I'm right. pestering oh. you. All right, all right. It's up to you then. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we start every episode by saying how tired we are, but uh, <laughs> as of recording, uh, I officially turned 40 years old tomorrow, which just seems insane. I forgot when I turned, well, actually, I didn't turn 40 that long ago, but uh, it's been a long time. It feels like bloody 10 years since. Yeah, man. 30s just was like a weird decade. It just seemed to fly by. I don't, I don't remember. I think like 40, just for some reason, just everything just completely changes. Like uh, when you turn 38 to 39, it doesn't seem like that. But the moment you turn 40, good <laughs> luck. What what, what, uh, what you eat and all that sort of stuff. And, and I, I think I've done my back in like five times since I turned 40 and I never used to do it beforehand. So it just it's just a thing. And everyone's like, when you turn 40, these things will happen. You're like, nah, 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 nah. And like, no problem. It's just like, that's just from tomorrow. And then I bet you tomorrow your, net, your back's going to go out. <laughs> that's the thing though yeah so I remember, so I, I didn't have a child till I was 36 and I go to the gym a lot right so I was like I'm deadlifting and I'm doing all these mad like you know bicep curls with huge heavy weights and stuff and I'd be okay and then I come home and like just you know play play with the baby on the floor for a minute and I'll just tweak something in my back I wouldn't be able to move for like for days it's crazy you know a few months ago yeah I'm, I'm the same as you know I'm, I'm proper proper exercise man and then i think like in july or something like that i i came when i was playing my kid and i, I stupid a disc in my neck <laughs> and I, it was fucking awful. <laughs> I thought i was gonna die up my body went paralyzed i couldn't even see and i, and I couldn't speak and I, I went to hospital and it was bloody awful and then and then i got better and ran a full marathon <laughs> I, remember sp- I remember speaking catching up with you on a video call and you had one of those neck braces on and it, it looked like uh bill murray and wild things but if you've seen that film <laughs> i don't but i can imagine yeah amazing well yeah so getting old getting tighter but still loving east asian cinema that's the one thing that always stays true in my life i was um I just need to start catching up myself. Uh, whenever I watch your your posts on Twitter and all that, I think, ah, oh, those are the good times. You know, I need to start getting back and watching those fun films instead of watching boring old crap films that I need to watch for work. <laughs> I think that's why you and I are a good team because you do all the hard work and I just sit back and watch all the films. It's <laughs> it works. And also, for me. you're you're watching films that are already released and, and classics. I think. Uh, I'm watching films that nobody is, knows anything about, and I and I can't just like look up on Rotten Tomatoes and say, "Ah, oh, I was thinking of watching this film, but it's got like a three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm not going to watch it." <laughs> well, I don't know if you know this, but I've been doing a, an alphabet challenge this year. I don't know why I did this to myself, but I thought, you know, I'll try something different, 
And so each month I'm trying to do, you know, the whole alphabet A to Z. Um, and obviously January was in the bag and yeah, it was fun, but, um, I've already realized February, you know, there's 29 days in February this year and there's 26 less in the alphabet. So it's a hell of a lot of film watching. Um, yeah, just take a day off and, and, and like, like watching a TV show, just watch like five, five films in a day. Just binge through it all. Yeah. Mm. There's some good stuff though, man, that I watched in January. Uh, there was three third window films. Um, was it? Yeah. Ah. So one of them was uh, river that obviously we're going to talk about today. Uh, one of them was one percenter. Because uh, you had the checklist over to me for your upcoming release. Um, and the other one, which has been sitting on my shelf for ages and I just haven't bothered with for some reason, was Lee Sang-il's villain. Ah. Um, and yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I don't. Listeners to this podcast will know that I very rarely don't get on with films. But that one, I really struggled with. <laughs> I really don't think I enjoyed it. Uh yeah, it's obviously been a while since you've released it, but do you remember much about that one? I remember it bombed, but it, I mean, well, there were a lot of problems around it. Um, first of all, yeah, I think that movie was a huge hit in Japan. Yeah. And it even did pretty well at some film festivals, but mainly in Japan, it was like like a huge uh, critical as well as, um, you know, box office success because the, the book was well known and the cast were good. And I remember really, really liking it. Because I think I'd just been so immersed in Japanese cinema at the time. I mean, I still am now, but uh, I'm a bit more cynical. And um, like, I forget that for Japanese, they have a lot of melodrama, mm-hmm. and also they're all long. And and uh, maybe <laughs> I were, well, and that is double. It's it's both long and has a lot of melodrama. And I was when I, I thought this is going to be a guaranteed success and I bought the rights and they were quite expensive and it was a pain and I released it and like what I didn't expect was that critically it bombed in England. Right. Like a lot of people were really slagging it off and I thought, oh, fucking hell. And then when, they, when I was reading the reviews, I was like, oh, now that you mention it, yeah. like, it was really melodramatic and all that. I mean, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you really have to, I don't know, watch like a lot of Japanese dramas and then it does stick out. But I understand why... Uh, I mean, it, you know, at the same time, it came out just as like there were the big riots in England. Remember those, uh, mm. I think 2011 or something like that. And uh, yeah. like the Sony's warehouse got burnt down and um, it, all that chaos at the time. So it was just when I was putting out in cinemas and I even made 35 millimeter prints of it. Wow. Uh, which would which won't even end up used in the end because of all the chaos that was going on. I they was in my bloody uh, shed for like like eight, 10 years and I threw them away recently because nobody nobody wanted them. I couldn't that's, give them away. That's wild. I mean, there, there's plenty of people out there that really, really love the film. And obviously Lee Sang-il was a really interesting director. He's recently done like Wandering and Rage. And mm. he even did a uh, an adaptation of uh, Ryu Murakami's 69. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I really, really love too. So, like, I'm, I am a fan of them, but this film just, yeah, was not, was not for me. I think it was just a bit too rapey, a bit too slow, and uh, like you said, melodramatic, and it was just surprising. I went into it really expecting to love it, and I was like, oof, it was very long, long and drawn out. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I had some amazing discoveries, man. I mean, there was lots of rewatches as well. So I saw as tears go by, you know, the Wong Kar Wai film. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then I watched um, Toru Murakawa's The Beast to Die from 1980, which was fucking amazing. 
Um, uh, did that? Did somebody put like like rain radiance or one of those companies put it out recently, or, or am I completely? Oh, they might have done. I, yeah, I don't have that to hand. I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me though. That seems like a film that's ripe for a new, you know, new release. Um, I finally saw Kim Ji Woon's Cobweb, which ah, I really. I still haven't seen it yet. Uh... Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, although it's like a horror film within a film. So it's all it's all done in this film set that's kind of a horror film in itself, and I just kept thinking how I wish I was just watching the horror film that they're making in the film because it looks so much cooler. Uh, but yeah, it was good. I was desperate to see that. I went to Neuchâtel, uh, Neuchâtel, Neuchâtel, yeah. uh, the, the film festival in Switzerland this year, and it was it they had a press screening event. I was desperate to see it. But the thing about that festival is that all the cinemas there don't have air conditioning. Yeah, because right. I guess most of the time of the year they don't really need it, so they, they, none of them have it installed. But the festival takes place in like July, and this July was really hot, so the, all the cinemas were fucking steaming. I mean, really uncomfortably steaming. So there were loads of films that I really wanted to watch. And I was just like, oh, it's fucking too hot. I'm not going in. Sure. So and, and the problem is, is also is that you get it's a fantastic festival, so you get that fantastic crowd in watching movies from like morning to night in these very hot cinemas. So cinemas fucking stink. <laughs> So uh, on top of everything, I just I didn't I, I I was really interested wanted to watch it there and I just didn't and uh, now I haven't so um I wonder if I ever will. I'm sure you'll get round to it, but like yeah, I yeah. probably won't. No. Nah. <laughs> well, yeah, I did I I did really enjoy it. Um, Sai Ming Liang's Days. You a fan of them? So obviously they did like Goodbye Dragon Inn, uh, Rebels of the Neon God. You know, stray dogs. That's. Mm, I haven't seen many actually, to be honest. They're very, very slow. Ah, um, that's why I didn't watch them. I think. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're incredible as well. They've just got this kind of like the waves seeping into you. It's really, really cool. And then I saw um, Shoei Imamura's The Eel, which mm. again was an absolute, like, amazing find. Just loved it. You know. Um, yeah, it's a classic that that obviously hasn't really ever since it did get its initial release and was in canon and all that, like, yeah, I guess it's pretty, become a bit hard to find. Uh, I don't know why, actually. Yeah, no, I, so I tweeted about it saying, you know, it's a proper little hidden gem. And Tom Mess uh, re- <laughs> retweeted it saying, what a strange way to describe this film. Is it like it won Oscars and stuff like that? But Yeah, but I, um, I guess it's, it's was, what, how, 20 years ago? Yeah, 97 uh, it came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yes, it's not. It, well, nowadays, I guess you could say it was a hidden, but it's not that hidden. It's pretty well known. But, but I guess a lot of films, if they just, just don't get distributed, for some people, it might be like super, super obvious. But for others, I guess not. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, for me, it was a brand new discovery. Obviously, it's got Koji Yakusho in it, though, which mm. yeah, anything with him in just absolutely tickles my pickle. Um, then I rewatched Takashi Miike's First Love. Just because I needed an F film, and I love that film. <laughs> I don't really uh, like it, but I think I'm the only one. Yeah, no, I love it. I don't know what's wrong with you. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also watched uh, Seijun Suzuki's Gate of Flesh. Ah, uh, I love that film. Fucking amazing. Like, I know you were saying like 70s is peak cinema for you, and this was like, what, 64, I think it came out? Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite films of all time, actually. Yeah, it's it was so good. I loved it. Mm. Um, I did uh, Masato Harada's Hell Dogs, which is cool. This little Netflix yeah, it's all, film. It's, it's all right. Little, little Netflix. 
pretty big. Yeah, that's a long film. Uh, it's all right. I, I think this one's a bit overrated, but um, it's not bad. Yeah, no, I, I like it a lot. But then, so you've been telling me for ages that uh, Takashi Shimizu's new film, Immersion, is shit. And I was like, well, the poster looks awesome, and I love Shimizu, so I'm going to love what do you it. Mean, you mean you love Shimizu? I do. Do you? How, yeah. which, uh, you haven't seen enough of his films. I beg your pardon. <laughs> oh, really? Go on. <laughs> I'll open up IMDb and look at all his films and tell me how many you've actually seen. Okay, so I've seen Jew on the Grudge. Chronologically chronological from now most recent. From most recent? Fuck yes. Oh. I don't mean from fucking Jew. Everyone's seen Jew and, and, the, and the grudge and, and the, that, right, the good ones. Right. From Calm. the most recent ones. Calm yourself. Okay. Immersion. The Oxhead Village. Suicide Forest Village. Howling Village. Uh, reincarnation. Dark Tales of Japan. That I mean, he just did a segment and that doesn't really count. Marabito, uh, the Jew on films, Tomi Rebirth, and uh, S- School Ghost Story G. Oh, you're and missing a few, aren't you? Homunculus. Oh, did you see that one? <laughs> I haven't watched that one yet. <laughs> it's like shit, man. But just don't. Anyway, look, I'm starting this by saying I am a fashion right. suit. <laughs> I didn't like immersion. Um, it's fucking shit. It's, it's awful. It's pretty bad. I mean, it's atrocious. He, I, I, I put in my review an attempt to modernize the usual J horror premise. I think Shimitsu has inadvertently shown just how diluted this genre has become. Yeah, it's, it's just a like, parody of himself. Yeah, totally. It was like a template of J horror just with VR headsets, and um, I was just like surprisingly bored through most of it, which was a real bummer. Yeah, shit. Um, I rewatched Joe Pilho, The Dawning Rage. Um, the Lee Jong Bom film, basically just because of uh, Lee Sun Kyun, obviously his passing, wanted to kind of like revisit that. And that's yeah, I still think it's a great film. He plays like an anti-hero in it. He's a real piece of shit in it, but he does it so well. A lot of those films from Korea, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I saw a really cool documentary as well called Kung Fu Stuntmen by Wei Junzi. Um and it just basically goes through the golden age of Hollywood, uh, sorry, not Hollywood, <laughs> Kung Fu stuntmen in Hong Kong uh, from like the 60s to the 80s. Uh, it's really cool. It's got like mm. Sue Hark in it and Sammo Hung and Donnie Yen and Andrew Lau, all those guys. That was really fun. Ch- uh, sorry, I feel like I'm just going through the list now, but. <laughs> hey, <laughs> don't, don't even do all 26 of them, to be honest. I'll do it. I'll, do, I'll go quicker. Like Father, Like Son by Collieda. Um, Midnight by Kwon Oi Sung. It's a really cool little uh, Korean like horror thriller about a uh, deaf girl getting hunted by a serial killer. Um, Miyazaki's Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Amazing. Obviously One Percenter. Then I did Peninsula, the Yon, Yon Sang Ho sequel to Train to Busan. Oh, actually, I saw a really cool um, little one called Quartet for Two by Nooto Takanaka. Have you seen that one? No, I know, I know his works, but no, I haven't seen that one. When was Cause it? Because he was one of the ones that uh, he did a part in Zoki, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, um, he's he's a quite strange uh, person, <laughs> but yeah. he's made a few. He's made a few strange films uh, that have. Like, I remember he, what was it? Zo- he made like some sort of crazy zombie film that never ever get, got released. Uh, that wasn't that that good, but he, he yeah, 
because he's quite famous, he can make his these sort of silly projects uh, like Zoki that uh, aren't really successful. But um, yeah, well, Quartet for Two, I don't think was that successful either. But it's really good. It, it's mm. it's about this like family just breaking down. Like uh, there's a divorce in there, and then the 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 wife kind of completely emasculates the husband, who's played by uh, Takanaka. Um, but yeah, it's a bit like Tokyo Sonata a little bit, you know, it's got a little bit of hanging garden in there too. Mm. But yeah, no, it's good. Um, then River, then this amazing film called Sleep by Jason Yu. Have you have know. you seen that one? No. It's a Korean film, horror film, really fucking cool. I, I love Recent. that one. Yeah, very rare, last year. Ah. Um, I've, I've got the screener for that. I might send it your way, although I know you can't really watch anything. Yoon Sung Hyun's Time to Hunt, which is the other Netflix one he did, which is really fucking cool. Um, I'm so out of touch today. I don't even have Netflix. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, Koji Shiraishi's Yura Horror, which is like this horror anthology of like found footage short films he did, which is really, really cool. Then Villain. Uh, Then uh, Makoto Shinkai's Weathering with You. Um, I saw Mika Ninagawa's XXXholic. Ah, fucking awful. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> again, I'm still a fan of hers, but yeah, that film didn't really speak to me. Um, then I caught up with Kinji Fukusaku's Yakuza Graveyard, which was ah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, so cool. I think I even preferred it to Graveyard of Honor. Um, yeah, mm, I just nah. think uh, Tetsuya Watari is so good in it. Mm. And then I capped things off with Takeshi Kitano's Zatoichi. <laughs> ah, isn't Umbrella putting out a new release or, or somebody's? Not Umbrella, Imprint? That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, they are. I think it's in March. So yeah, sorry to go... stop bothering me. To go... <laughs> <laughs> Just bored the shit out of everyone. But yeah, so I'm going to do I'm going to do that every month now. Um, I'm going to do like an anime themed one because every every anime May I do. Uh, do like anime films, so I'm going to try to. You do should do a, a Mike one. I'm sure he's got the. I was just. Oh, I was going to surprise you with that. I was going to say there's one director who's done enough <laughs> films that I can do an entire month of just his films, and I was going to say, can you guess? But yeah, it's Mike. So I'm going to. Well, do when Mike. you mentioned Mike earlier with First Love, I thought like, oh yeah, just just you could easily. He must have all oh, twenty six. Yeah. Uh... But he's got so many. He's got so many F films anyway, so I can just I don't have to watch First Love again. There's like loads of them. Fudo. Fudo. Yeah. I think exactly. there's wasn't it Media Blasters were we've been talking for ages about putting it out in four uh, K, so when that's ready, you can do your Mike. Perfect. One thing I was gonna ask you though is I definitely want to do a third window films month. And I had a look through your catalogue and there's almost every letter covered, I think. Um I can't remember which ones off the top of my head there were. I think X is going to be very hard. I don't think you've got any X films. I don't think so, no. I can bring up the old Third Window A to Z website here, but uh, I don't have X. I've got most. I've got U, V, W, Z, Z. Yeah, I've got mo- some stuff, but uh, I don't have X unless it's on a box set of something. But even I don't. I don't think there is an X. Yeah, so I have to think of something else that I can watch on the X day. But um, yeah, who knows? Yeah, fun times, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. You've seen everything again. Why are you want to watch it again? Well, no. So, like, yeah, I do about 
25 30% rewatches and about 70% 75% new new ones so are there any third one films you haven't seen then oh wait sorry i didn't i thought you meant in general for this thing yeah, yeah no third I'm, window I'm... yeah third window will be repeating a lot but yeah for that's what right, you man. want, isn't it? You sell Blu-rays, mate. That's for rewatching. That's the whole point in them. All right, man. You don't just buy <laughs> buy a Blu-ray once and then never watch it again, do you? No, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of people have just. And I used, I did buy a lot of stuff and uh, just kept it in the shelves for the first for, to watch at a later date, uh, which that they never came when they end up getting put in boxes and put in the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, hopefully, I mean, it'll be nice. I'll, I'll ask our audience to play along that month and everyone can keep up with all your... Maybe you could do a little flash sale on the on the website and so people can pick up their Blu-rays for cheaper and follow along. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I'll, I'll talk to Joey. <laughs> okay. Well, look, if we haven't lost half our audience now after 20 minutes of my inane babbling. Let's talk about your new release. Ah, let's uh, let's let's have two minutes. Let's repeat two minutes over and over and over and over and over again for eighty-six minutes of River. Back yeah. to two minutes. How did you feel when you first saw this film? Like your very first viewing? To be honest, I guess you know I loved Beyond the Infinite two minutes so much. And when I when I heard they were like we're making another two minute film, I'm like, ah, oh, fucking hell! Like, uh, you know. You shouldn't. You should make like a three minute or or, or don't do this because it would seem like a gimmick if you're just doing two minutes again. Yeah. And I, and when I saw it, I was a little, I was a bit disappointed to be honest, um, because I guess I just it's 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 two minutes, but actually it's completely different to be on the infinite two minutes because mm-hmm. it's it's just repeating the same two minutes again instead of like a loop. No, I, wait a minute. The other is is constant, and this is a repeating. And also, you know, Beyond Infinite 2 Minutes was only 70 minutes, and this was 86 minutes, and it did seem to me, maybe it seemed like it was dragging a bit. So I was a bit uh, take, a bit uh, let down, I guess, or disappointed. But, but I'm surprised, actually, especially in places that Beyond the Infinite 2 Minutes was not popular, like France or, or in Europe, especially, River has been a lot more popular. Mm. So I think it's because it's more of a human drama, and it's a bit more like Japanese. I think Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes is more like for like hardcore film lovers, or not film for lovers. Uh, how do I say? Like for example, it works with maybe like English, a bit cynical and, and uh, hardcore. But for Europeans who love more human dramas, I guess uh, River is a lot more popular. Sure. And that I was a bit surprised to be. Of course, I was thankful because uh, it's it's business, but um. Yeah, and also in Japan, River was a lot bigger, a lot much more of a success than Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes was, and that makes sense because it's it's that human drama element. I mean, but, yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say I prefer one or the other. I I love them both. I think they're brilliant, and I think the genius part of it is that they're both so different, but they both explore this two minute time loop theory stuff, mm. which is really really clever stuff. But um, yeah, I first saw it. At like a sold out screening at Fright Fest when you had it there at the festival. And um, I'd been out the night before partying with, you know, people and directors and stuff. And I was so hungover. It was like the first morning screening that day. I remember I could like hardly feel my face. I had a mate that was supposed to come with me and he was like, I can't. He spent the morning throwing up. And <laughs> so he missed it. But um, 
it was one of my favorite film experiences of the whole year. It was just so good. I just thought it was so funny and clever. And like you said, I think with Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes, as you're watching it, you're constantly kind of smiling at how ingenious it is. Uh, it's like a feat in logic, right? It's like, mm. how does this all fit together? And he makes it all make sense. Whereas this is more of like a feat in emotion. And like, it focuses more on the people, doesn't it? And the situation rather than the actual theory of like time looping or time travel and things like that. Yeah, for sure. And I think when I when I first saw it, um, obviously it was when the film was just, just uh, like on a rough edit. And I obviously had just, been speaking to directors and producers and they were like we want you to handle this film like you did beyond the infinite two minutes so when i saw it i was i had these expectations and that's why maybe i was a bit disappointed but then i went and i interviewed the director for the um blu-ray bonus features and it was explained to me you know um to just that yes the 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 two minutes was beyond the infinite two minutes was about logic and this was yes was, was like a human drama and it was about and just to forget the only in for two minutes and look at this as just a human drama yeah. and how human emotions play into it. And after speaking to him, I did take the movie on in a bit of a different light. So, um, yeah, I think also, you know, you watching it with a, with a crowd as well. And um, I think films always work better in a crowd and also in a cinema. And I'm watching, you know, like sometimes rough cuts without like the sound of mixed yet and uh, <laughs> without the color. And it, 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 it's, 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 it can be hard to, to get used to movies like that, you know, yeah. before they've been glossed up uh, for the cinema. Well, yeah, when you I, have like, mm. I didn't think of that because, yeah, the the sound here and the, the sound design is amazing. You know, the score really plays a part of it, um, and also it's just this beautiful setting. It's all shot on location, isn't it? In this little like inn in those like snowy mountains. Um, yeah, I think that's actually the main actress. Is that's her hometown. Um, oh. Fujitani Rico, like uh, that's where she was brought up, so that's why they did it there, as and uh, that's why she's the lead actress for it. It's a very personal film for her. I mean, th- everyone there is from uh, the whole team of Europe Kikaku are from Kyoto anyway, mm. but uh, that uh, Kibune, which is uh, yeah her hometown, so it's um, but it's it's apparently it's a location that, that had never really been used in for films before and it was quite a hidden gem of of uh, uh japan so um it really comes that that location is really amazing especially for those people that's why i'm saying like i think it has a different audience to be on the infinite two minutes which is yeah like you said it's for like those people who, like uh, who people like let me first say beyond the infinite two minutes is for people who like tenet and this is <laughs> for people that like batman uh Dark Knight or something like that, you know. If you're looking at Christopher Nolan, like those really, really like a lot of people don't like Tenet because it's it's just too complicated. Sure. And River, I guess, is just more uh, fun. Yeah, I can see that. Or you can see like Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes is for people that like Back to the Future, uh, and River is for people who like Groundhog Day. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think Beyond the, Back to the Future is closer to River in that sort of pure entertainment <laughs> aspect of it. No, look, it, there's so many things you could talk about in terms of the time loop theory thing. But um, one thing I was going to say about the location was in there's just like an hour long making of documentary that you've got on mm. the disc. Um, and it looks like it was a bit of a nightmare to film it all there. Oh, fucking hell. I, I was because I was working from the very from the script stage because uh-huh. I, and and they, they they had decided the release date, you know, like Hollywood films decide the release date like like 
two years before, like before they start shooting it, they need to lock down the release date, right? Yeah. And it's rare for independent films too, but in this case, they they had it done because Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes was such a success that Toho distributed that film in cinemas. Mm. So Toho, in this case as well, always saw what's going to help distribution and play River in cinemas, and therefore they need to lock their release dates down very early. So this film, I knew ahead of time that it had this June twenty third release date, but like. I was like, okay, you know, let's let's start. We're gonna go for like film festivals in April because um, the film should be ready by then. And then like, it's like when they were filming it, like this massive snowstorm came and it just delayed filming for for like months. And they had to go and like like months later go back and refilm the stuff that they hadn't filmed. So I was like, okay, it's it's coming close to April. Like, where's the film? They're like, yeah, it's not finished yet. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you you have to like release it in june right like that's confirmed they're like yeah we're we're fucked because like we this snowstorm like delayed us and we had to go reshoot it and like i don't know how we're gonna get this film done in time and the director just like didn't sleep for like ages like uh editing it and and preparing it and they managed to get it done in time but that location just proved like hell for them apparently yeah it looked awful because like the, the the sleet and the ice and the slipperiness, but also how cold it was, and then the, the obviously the river. There's like the titular river that runs through it. Um, half the time, the cameramen are like in the river filming inwards. Uh, it's crazy. And but they yeah, had to rewrite the script as well to to match uh, yeah. on location to uh, match the changes in weather. You know, uh, very Which complicated. Again, that's just wild too, because um, Makoto Ueda was on set most days, right, and doing that kind of constant rewriting thing yeah uh, he, he's a genius uh, so yeah. i think he could if it was anybody else who they would have i don't know committed suicide but he's really <laughs> really, really, really smart so uh but um but yeah they still it's with all that you know if you have a film and there's things that happen you need to change this, this plot or the script or something like that that's fine but in a case where you only have two minutes to make everything you have to keep everything within this this time structure it's not easy to because even if you change a few lines or, or change uh, a setting within one part of a story, that still needs to fit into the two minutes that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So adding different lines, if their lines get longer, then the two minutes won't work out, right? Yeah. So they, 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 they're almost... Uh, I, I was initially thinking like, you know, because with Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes, you have... You had people, everything had to be exactly the same because the camera didn't stop moving around all the rooms. Sure. So if, if the television was off a second, then nothing would work. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I was like, all right, it's, it's, it's only just two minute segments and the rest of it is, is separate. So it should be easier because you shoot two minutes and that's that. But the director was telling me that like it was, this was a lot harder than shouldn't be on the infinite two minutes because of all this situation with weather and everything else. Uh, because you have to make like, like the same film, like, uh, like, t- how many times like 20 times uh, even more than that isn't it yeah more than that isn't it yeah it's yeah so a friend of mine watched it and he said that he thought that as the film gets on some of the segments seem like longer than two minutes so he pre-ordered it through terracotta and he's already got the disc because you know joey always gets them out a bit early for pre-orders and whatnot and he said he watched it at home and he literally timed every segment (laughs) and every single one was two minutes and he was like yeah the director was saying to me initially, like, because Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes was so had to be precise, or else like nothing would work. It they it was 
in the, in the it's really really specific to two minutes but this case the, the theory behind it was that you didn't really need to think it could be two minutes five seconds or not or you know because it wasn't the scenes end they don't have to connect to another scene in that respect mm. so i thought well actually maybe there are scenes that are a couple seconds over but apparently not i think they did really manage to keep everything two minutes but it, it's it's sort of it doesn't like it's a bit trivial the, the two minutes it could be three minutes it could be two minutes 50 seconds like it doesn't it's not the same precision that uh, beyond the infinite two minutes had yeah i mean i've seen it now three times cool. and i can't tell you how much i actually like it even more on every rewatch like you do you notice little bits more and more um mm. and yeah it's it's just so well done and I think we haven't even talked about what the story is and it, it's a hard one to kind of pitch, but it, yeah, it's basically just this um, staff that work in this little, I don't know how, in what you call it, you know, it, it is a hotel, isn't it? But it's just, a it's little, a nyokan in Japan, which is like an inn, I guess. Like an inn. Right. Or, yeah. So you've got the, the staff and the guests at this inn and all of a sudden, for some reason, the same two minutes of time, just keep looping round and round and round. And they have to figure out what's going on and everything. But the thing that's really fascinating is how the staff all maintain their sense of composure in terms of we have to look after our guests. They're guests at our hotel. And there's a really funny line where one of the characters says the other one, uh, how is this going to work with our pay? Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously they're working for an hour, but they're just doing the same two minutes 30 times. Mm. Uh, I just thought that was so funny. But, you know, serving the food and warming up the sake, like this one woman has to keep warming up the sake every every time because <laughs> that was the task she was doing when the, the two-minute loop started. It's just little bits I, like that. It's just so good. I really like the parts where they, they mention the fact that, like, even though time is looping, they're, they, they, the remember. Time it's, they remember. So, like, if you tell somebody, like, to fuck off, like, <laughs> yeah. then that will stick with them. But at the same time, like, if people were to die, like they can come back in the two minutes. Like it's, so the memories carry on, but then if you die, you can come back. It was, it's, it's got so many different angles. Uh, in that it's a, Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, like the, it gets dark at times where it kind of explores like suicide a little bit. Um, it has like, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it. It's like, it's like everyone's desire to have more time on this earth, right? Like there's an author who's got a deadline and he's really freaking out about this deadline that keeps eking closer. But then now he's like got this two minute infinite time loop thing. He's like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Now I can just take all the time I want because I've got all this time. I don't know. I feel like I'm just spoiling the whole film now, but it's just this idea of like the human res- response to time passing. And I mean, I'm turning 40 now, right? And that's another moment where you think, Jesus Christ, like where's life gone? Um, it's just a really interesting look at it, but it's not done in this like weighty fart sniffing way. It's done in like a really entertaining, uh, fun way. And yeah, I just, just loved it. It's got like comedy and drama and this sense of like whimsy to it. And it's, yeah, it's just brilliant. It's just an absolute classic. And I didn't think they could trump beyond the infinite two minutes, but then watching this, I'm like, they did it again. They literally did it again. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're they're really an amazing group. Uh, and Ueda Makoto is really a genius. And he has, like, just ideas and ideas and ideas that are so well thought out uh, and that 
and so original that you think that he can't top himself and he does. Uh, I mean, if you think about things like Summertime Machine Blues, which is an amazing film in itself and all the yeah. other things that he does, he just keeps on coming up with new ideas. So I'm looking forward. And also remember, they're making plays and they've done like 40 or 50 plays, uh, theater productions, uh, all of which I saw a few of them and they're amazing. You know, uh, I don't know how they do it, uh, but they're, 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 that's why I guess they're, they're so popular. I mean, I don't know if I want to to ruin this, but it's one of the extras, so it, do, it doesn't matter too much. But you know when um, Yamaguchi kind of hints at what um, is working on next? Do you remember? What, the, the Marvel's Universe two-minute thing? Or is that was that it? No, so he says he's basically looking at a continuation of Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah. Which, yes. that's pretty cool, because again, like, okay, this is... How do you top two minutes? I don't know. You do this, which is completely different. How do you top two minutes as a sequel? That's going to be fascinating. I don't know what the hell he's going to do there. Well, yeah, like uh, actually, he was talking about like a sort of Marvel. What are they called? The, the, the MCU. Yeah, the cinematic universe. Yeah, of the two minutes. Mm. That's so. That's why, like, a Beyond the Infinite Minutes, a river, like, uh, continuing the theme of two minutes, like films that are unrelated but also related by this theme of two minutes. Uh, We'll see. I mean, also everything, every time, this was about probably 10 times the budget of uh, Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. I mean, it looks so, it too. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's, it's the location and, and uh, you know, yeah, I think more, more crew. and uh, But it, but in this in this case, um, yeah, maybe if they get even more budget next time, they'll, they'll do something even bigger. I can't, yeah. I mean, are you in touch with him? Because obviously you've now released both of his films. In fact, and you you also released Summertime Machine Blues, so yeah, you've got that's your triple for Ueda now. Yeah, I mean, actually, Ueda, I've I don't speak to him as much as I do like uh, Junta, the director and the producers. Um, I spoke to him a few times. I think he's crazy busy, Ueda, um, because he's just just doing stuff nonstop uh, with the theater productions and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's pretty uh, for long. But I spoke to him a few times. Uh, Junta, yeah, Junta actually is going to a film festival that I've been helping him. He's going to film for, so I can't mention it now, in April. And, like, the flight's, like, 36 hours long. So um, <laughs> I, I hope he's going to survive it. 36 hours. That must be in yes. America, right? It's not in America. I can't yeah. really give the precise location. But oh. it's, it's, a, it's a very, it's a very, very, very long trip that I hope he can, can pull through. I would never do it. <laughs> Are you planning on going to any festivals this year? No, I don't think I, I'd like to, but I can't because of a uh, family like, family situation. But uh, yeah, yes, stay at home. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about this film, if I'm honest, like without just going through all of the bits I love about it. But if anyone's <laughs> listening to this who hasn't seen the film, it's just going to ruin it. Um, but yeah, the, the performances are just brilliant. Some of them are more kind of pantomime than others. Like the guy who was in the bath... Um, when it when the time loop happens and he's mm. freaking out and coming out, he's got all that shampoo in his hair and everything, and he's running through the corridors. He's a bit like over the top, but um, I always forget the actors' names. But the two friends who are having their dinner, mm. having their dinner together, and they're just eating constantly because <laughs> they just get to eat this meal <laughs> for eternity. Uh, amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, uh, like I said, the first time I I think because I was so. I had so high expectations. And also initially when I was, the producers came to me saying, we're making another two minute film. I was like, oh, you shouldn't, you know, you, 
especially so soon after Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. So I was quite reluctant and disappointed at first. But um, yeah, I guess it is a film that the more you watch, the more you like. And uh, it's a completely different feeling of a film to uh, Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. I think everyone who likes Beyond should like River. And I guess it's played loads of big festivals and won loads of awards too. So um, it's also, I think, um, from the get-go, it'll be quite more easily available. Uh, not just in in England, but in America, like Asian Crush and all those places are streaming it. So um, people should be able to watch it. Yeah, a absolutely. Lot easier. Yeah. There's reviews online as well from huge publications. Like so, and it's been really well reviewed. So yeah, I think it's going to have a wide scope. This one. Yeah, it's got its hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes, which always helps. I remember with with Beyond Infinite Two Minutes, like we were at a hundred percent for ages, and then like. The New York Times or something like that wanted a screener, and I shouldn't have given it to them. And I gave it to them, and they brought and they brought it down from to like a ninety nine percent because they they slagged the film off uh, for for beyond the. I don't. It was a bit. I don't. I didn't like the review to be honest, but uh, I said, "Oh fucking hell!" Like we, it was like the sixty fifth review, and sixty four, the first sixty four were all one hundred percent and uh, and fresh, and then this brought it down to ninety nine. So um, Son have to be bitch. more careful. Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe they did it on purpose because they thought. They wanted to bring it down, bring it down off its 100%. I wonder if they've seen River yet. I'm not going to show it to them. <laughs> well, they can buy it now. Yes. Uh, amazing. Well, yeah, just I'll, I'll put all the links in the in the show description so you can pick it up from Terracotta. I think we're going to be releasing this podcast on its day of release. So I'm sure you can probably still get the pre-order price if you if you hurry. I don't think the price will change too much because it's a stand. It's a standard edition, so um, I try to keep them a, a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, on Amazon, it's still not available on Blu-ray, and it's the DVD is just still a fucking pair of socks because uh, Amazon, <laughs> what the fuck is going on with them? Apparently, Amazon fired their or, or let go the entire staff that was handling with 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 DVD and Blu-ray. So there's oh. literally no, no staff there whatsoever. To, is that um, why the sock thing happened? <laughs> the sock thing, uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened to socks. The sock thing happened for a long time. And then just like for, for some reason, the last few releases have all been socks. But in order <laughs> to, to, to to change them, it's just been impossible. And uh, I mean, I guess it's a, what can you do when you're working with a conglomerate like that? They just, they're not, they don't care. I mean, unless it's you're, you're selling like a million socks. Uh, but is it, is it sorted now? No, it's not sorted. I don't know when it'll be sorted. But so, so terracotta, hopefully. Yeah, that's all. Do you know what terracotta should do? They should um, create terracotta socks and just send a pair of socks with each purchase of a Blu-ray to take the piss. (laughs) Come on, man! I work in marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been seeing all the reactions to Mad Cats? Now people have got their discs. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, when I loved it so much, and then I was so surprised that it was like quite, uh, you know having all these divisive reviews but so some people seem to be liking it so i'm oh, happy because i think people who I are like fans it. of us or of you in particular um i've just been seeing praise for it and yeah they're, they're, everyone's been really really enjoying it how mad it's been good the director will be very happy <laughs> what have you got coming up next yeah next is one percenter so uh you know oh, the, yeah. the f- the the last few releases of last year were all classic titles and now trying to bring some new genre films from Japan. So it was, yeah, Mad Cats, River, and then uh, One Percenter. One Percenter is quite 
quite a fun action film that is also quite meta and uh yeah not your new usual action film so i hopefully it's uh will do well yeah no it's it does some really clever stuff and the action is just amazing um yeah togo ishi especially is like really really fantastic martial artist so anyway we'll talk about that when when does that one come out uh, March the 11th, March the 11th, and then for anybody in the States who has a Region A player, uh, Will Go Entertainment will be releasing with a fucking atrocious cover, <laughs> and then renamed it called 1% Warrior, and it's one of those like really bad Photoshop jobs that, that uh, happens a lot from American companies like that, uh, so for people who want a better quality cover, then the UK version will be out on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen so, the cover look honestly you should look at it it's fucking awful well didn't you get um who did you get to do this one your one um, ah yeah the uh, gregory gokaiju yeah gokaiju he does amazing work mm. always american awesome. honestly honestly look it up online after it's fucking awful i will i will <laughs> great well so it sounds like we'll be back on the podcast then march 11th to cover that film um i'll put all the links to my alphabet challenge in the description too if you guys want to be crazy enough to play along and hopefully next month adam can give me the list of his third window a to z with something for x maybe a bonus feature yeah perfect i love it well follow adam on twitter slash x at third window uh third window films on youtube Facebook, Instagram, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'm at BenjiBox, spelt with a Y, on Twitter, X, Letterboxd, all that jazz. But yeah, thanks for listening in, and we'll catch you next month on the Third Window Films podcast. Two flights up by the third window from the right. Two flights up by the third Window from the right The third window from the right Two flights up That's the one with the shade pulled down That's the